0: The charm of May. May, 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 May. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards
1: will rule the world.
0: This is the Arnamancy Podcast. Exploring esotericism, tarot, magic, and the occult. I am Reverend Eric. Welcome back to the Arnomancy Podcast. This is our 2020 um, forecast uh, extravaganza part two. I'm here with Andrew Watt. Uh, you probably just listened to part one. I know that we just did part one. So um, I hope that you guys are ready for some more prognostification or whatever you call looking into the future. But that's what we're going to do. Um, how are you that's doing good. now, Andrew? <laughs> Good. I'm doing fine.
1: As we discussed at the end of the last episode, we should start off by reminding people of the chart for the solar return at the beginning of the year. And this is the technique that Ben Dykes discussed in his book called Persian Nativities for Abu Mashar on the revolutions of the years of nativity. And I think this book came out last year. But Benjamin Dykes is just An amazing translator. And uh, there are other episodes of podcasts that you can listen to transit information. And I figured we would do a different technique on this show as a way of uh, improving the quality of of prognostications for the year, that you'd have a variety of tools to choose from.
0: Yes, I think that's a good idea. Uh, Before we start, I want to show off something that I got for Christmas which is a seven-string lyra, uh, which I'll just... Oh,
1: that's very cool.
0: I don't know how to play it. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will, though. Yeah, I will. I've been practicing on it. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I've tuned it to an open Pythagorean scale, and um, it's... It's really pleasant. Like I've used it with meditation and ritual work and stuff like that, and it's been a it's been a nice um, accompaniment to uh, my practice. Uh, that okay. is fantastic. So uh, yeah, so let me talk about so the card that I drew for the year is the Knight of Staffs, which is fire and air, and is a very volatile card involving sort of the motion of things in the realm of forms or ideas into the realm of the intelligence, into the place where uh, where vagaries can become actual concepts or where um, abstractions can become like, forward-moving ideas. But again, it's also a combination of air and fire, so it can be kind of volatile and maybe a little dangerous. But um, overall, it seems like it points to a year where Um, ideas might be made more manifest.
1: I think that that's true. Uh, We didn't discuss this in the last episode, but the angles of a solar return chart are considered to be very important. And the angles of, of the chart of January 1st at midnight are in fact the air sign. We have Libra as the first house, we have uh, I so deeply Hold. say um, say that part
0: again. I lost Libra
1: that. is is at the. Uh, I said I messed this up so deeply, <laughs> but we have we have Libra as the first house, and we have uh, Aries as the seventh house. Oh. so we have air and fire situated at the east and west, and we have water and earth at north and south. At in the 10th and 4th houses. But this means that we have Aquarius in the 5th house, so intellectual pleasures or thinking about pleasures or recalling past pleasures rather than generating new ones. Mm -hmm. And we have Gemini air as the 9th house uh, suggesting I said that the the 4 air signs are at the angles and they're not but we do have We do have Libra at um, at at the eastern pole, at the ascendant, Uh, but Gemini is in the ninth house. And what I would take from that is that travel, for both um, spiritual reasons like pilgrimages and very practical reasons like making money, is likely to be a a thing of some importance this year.
0: Sounds good to me.
1: The signs that are ruled by Venus, who's the queen of the year, are Libra and Taurus. And we have Libra as the first house, so we're going to have to be thinking about how to balance ourselves properly, but we also have to look at how uh, our comforts are derived from past legacies that may or may not be serving us for the long haul. That would be the other thing to be aware of, to look at uh at how our uh how our inheritances of various kinds are providing us with comfort and pleasure and enjoyment in the present but maybe not in the future
0: yeah that that all sounds well <clears throat> that sounds interesting <laughs> I think it sounds good. <laughs> um, so, all right, well, let's... Uh, so do we want to... We don't really need to review all of the cards that I pulled for the beginning part of the year, but I will say that the last card I pulled for um, for the period that ended July 1st uh, was Judgment, and we sort of talked about that as being a card of, like, evaluating everything that had come before. Um, now, when we move into the next period, July First through, where are we going? July 1st to.
1: July 1st to August 1st. Oh. So at this point, we're going to be sort of more or less aligned for a couple of months with the actual first day of of each month, which is nice.
0: Yeah, that is, that makes it easy to remember. All right, well, let me get us a card for this period. Uh, July 1st to August 1st, we have. Ah, the Lady of Vessels. Um, in, the Lady of Vessels. Yeah, and I guess I should the remind watery people, water. Yeah, no, this is earthy water.
1: Earthy water.
0: Yes, uh, I should remind people I'm using uh, Robert Place's Alchemical Tarot. Uh, so the Lady of Vessels would be the Page of Cups in uh, Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Um, and in this case, what you have is... Uh, the So Water of Earth, or Earth of Water, is basically a place where... Um, things that exist in the emotional realm, the water realm, are being manifested and brought into the earth realm or the physical plane. So, the Lady of Vessels is really about like uh, <clears throat> emotions made real or emotions sort of brought into reality. So,
1: I think that that actually matches this chart for July first pretty well. It's nice how these things are lining up.
0: Yeah, let's hear what the chart says.
1: Oops. The time is ten forty eight a.m. Our ascendant is Virgo So there's your lady of earth Your earthy yeah, lady That right is an there. earthy lady She's a very earthy lady uh, Virgo is ruled by Mercury Which is in Cancer and conjunct The sun but retrograde So moving away from the sun Moving past the sun And uh, in Cancer She's ruled by the moon And the moon is in Scorpio <laughs> Which is you know <laughs> Not as ideal Uh but we have so so there's your your watery connection. Scorpio is sixth water and and uh, and cancer is cardinal water and and so these two planets are saying to certainly uh, go do your stuff. You're just gonna have to trudge through some mud to do it. <laughs> In terms of where Mars is, where is Mars? I had Mars. Down. Where is Mars? Mars is in Aries in the eighth house. So Ooh. just a moment ago, we were talking about legacy. So this is a, a relationship called the final dispositor, right? That the ascendant is, is Virgo ruled by Mercury. Mercury is in Cancer ruled by the moon. The moon is in... Scorpio ruled by Mars and Mars is in his own sign which he rules. So all of those different connections wind up coming back to Mars and Mars is in a great position to issue orders but doesn't necessarily see what's going on.
0: This seems like a made. Mars sort of thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so Mars is off on the
1: battlefield you know chopping people up with his sword but he's not paying too much attention to the domestic agenda
0: but which, he's still, which he's,
1: may be why the lady of vessels gets to be in charge at home
0: even though Mars <laughs> might be howling out commands people might not be paying as much attention to him <laughs> right because right. the
1: relationship is called in conjunct yeah uh, now Venus is the queen of the year, she's in Gemini this month, she is conjunct not she's not quite conjunct but will conjunct over the course of the month the midheaven uh in the 10th house Mm. so creative cohering connective work helping connect different colleagues from different parts of your work life together uh all of those kinds of things might wind up being very important this month this, uh,
0: this matches really well with the card because, you know, the earthy stuff in tarot a lot of times has to do with um, uh, with work or with employment. So uh, the combination of Venus and the watery stuff with the earth stuff, I think that sounds kind of like what you are just talking about.
1: I started to say that in the northwest quadrant of the chart, we have that... Capricorn, Stellium. We have Jupiter, we have Pluto, uh, and then just sort of over the line into Aquarius, we have Saturn. And in between them is the part of fortune, where you make money this month, or where your gain comes from. Mm. And, And it's coming from things that you normally find enjoyable, but in this particular circumstance are kind of toxic or unpleasant. So Normally, you love going to cocktail parties, and now you have to be at a cocktail party that's really boring, and there are a lot of old and very wealthy people there, and the atmosphere is kind of poisonous and the drinks are bad.
0: Or the kind of
1: situation that we're talking about.
0: Since we're looking at July, it could be like you have to go to a cocktail party and wear a tuxedo, but it's like 95 degrees out. Yeah, yeah, that would
1: be the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Normally, this would be something fun and enjoyable, but uh, under these circumstances, it's kind of significantly unpleasant. All right, so July. That's happening in an Earth sign. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, so then July has some challenges, but also we're looking at kind of like a combination of Venus and work stuff and things like that. So. Maybe not Maybe not a horrible month.
1: Maybe not a horrible month. Uh, there are certainly some pleasant aspects to it. I think that uh, the sun and Mercury in the 11th house in Cancer means that you're going to have a chance for some really deep and nurturing connections with friends over the course of the month. Um, your partner maybe your statistically significant other may be doing quite a bit of running around, uh, and find their energy somewhat diffused by being in Pisces this month. But <laughs> on the whole, I think it looks like a pretty good balanced month and fairly well-grounded between the Ascendant in Virgo and Pluto and Jupiter in, uh, in Capricorn.
0: All right, great. Well, let's get on to the next month then. This is going to be August 1st through... What's September 1st? September 2nd. September 2nd. All right. Yeah. For the card... Oh, God. <laughs> For the card, we got the Ten of Swords. Everybody, Oh, no. Everybody's favorite stabbing card. Uh, okay, in this deck... Everybody's
1: it, favorite stabbing card.
0: Yeah. Um, the Ten of Swords. I mean, it's, it's a card that... Uh, you know, it can be about betrayal, it can be about um, deception, there's a lot of, I mean, so swords are the the suit of air, and so they deal with the intellect and the intellectual realm of the soul, and everything as it moves, every suit as it moves towards ten has to do with kind of like things being more real or more physical or sort of like ready to manifest on, like, the next plane down. And the next plane down from swords is coins. Uh, And so the Ten of Swords, you can sort of look at it as the place where your, um, your ideas run smack dab into the reality of, like, making them real. And sometimes that can be a really harsh... Wall, and you bump into it, and you are sort of like, "Well, this doesn't work." Oh, and it's made of swords, by the way. Um, so, so it's a it's a bad card. It's it can be a harsh one. I don't. I hope that the uh, astrological forecast is a little brighter than this.
1: No, it's not. Well, she. <laughs> <laughs> it is important to remember that these monthly forecasts, though, are just that. They are monthly charts. They are rough approximations, and they're the third chart down right normally you would get a solar return chart that would be done off of the year that you would born plus however many years old you are and then the, the lunar return charts which we're doing now are derivations of the solar return chart so we're three charts derived from a theoretical origin point and and even though we started at 12 o'clock midnight on January 1st this is still a very derivative technique and we're looking uh, we're looking at sort of casual relationships and the planets themselves move the situation itself is changeable and all we're doing is predicting sort of where they start and not necessarily where they end
0: but that's still a lot of swords so I think that's
1: helpful a lot of swords though. <laughs> so let's look at the, the astrology. Uh, all right. Saturn has now moved back into Capricorn, and this Yay. time that nastiness <laughs> is all sitting in the eleventh house. Now hold so on. So your group of friends.
0: If Saturn is moving back into Capricorn, is Saturn is Saturn retrograde? That is correct. Alright, Saturn.
1: So we have Saturn retrograde, we have Pluto retrograde. We have Jupiter Retrograde, and smack dab between uh, Jupiter and Pluto is in a besieged position mm. to move. <laughs> so there are going to be women in your life, in your communities, that are in a great deal of trouble. They're going to be trapped between uh, handsy Jupiter. You know, there's, there's somebody in every circumstance who just can't keep his hands to himself and it's almost always a guy let's admit this here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and toxic institutional relationships and the very natural boundaries of community mm. uh, you know they tend to have edges and somebody you know probably a woman is going to be trapped in a very awkward position where she needs to get away uh, and that strikes me as a very pen of swords kind of position that yeah,
0: something sure. bad
1: has happened probably to a woman and on the one hand you have, have this this guy who's charismatic and a natural leader in the community and on the other hand you have sexual harassment policies that aren't particularly well aligned and bad stuff goes down and that could easily happen during the month of August September August 1st to September 2nd uh, alright so that, that is, strikes me as a particular bit of nastiness this month. And, and Venus is again hanging out in Gemini. She's the queen of the year. She's in the fourth house. House, home, and family continues to be the place where she says, this is where you focus your attention. Okay. The, the part of fortune is in your spouse's or statistically significant other's Seventh house, so it's your your partner that's bringing home the bacon this month in a very practical and analytical Virgo like way. Uh, and Mars is in Aries in the second house. It's very easy for you to get cut and burned around money this month.
0: All right, so watch out for money and watch out for uh, for uh, handsy uh, authority figures. Especially
1: in certain situations Where you don't think that the uh, Sexual harassment Policies are adequate And uh, and Support your women friends
0: Alright that sounds like good advice Alright let's hope that the card For the next month This is going to be what September 2nd To October 3rd
1: Uh the October 2nd
0: October 2nd alright Okay, I am hoping for a better card. Hoping for a better card, aren't we all? Ooh, not bad. Queen of Swords,
1: Queen of
0: Swords, uh, a powerful card. Um, swords, you know. Uh, so, Swords being the element or the, the the suit of air. Um, I always look at queens as so. so queens are the water card in the in the uh, face cards, and so water of air. I always look at this as being a a, um, efficient judge almost, or a, uh, the ability to make harsh decisions, um, while still having some sort of compassion or having, um, having the ability to choose right and wrong, or even sort of like, it's the introduction of, of emotional intelligence into, the unfeeling logic of air. It's a it's a strong card, and there's a lot going on in it, but I do think that there's like a it's, a it's almost like a union of two things that don't agree very well, getting together to make a positive, or maybe not necessarily positive, but a move.
1: I think that that, that makes a lot of sense, and water and air is also the fog, uh, like the fog of war or the confusion. It's um, also it's also LaCroix. Month, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that sweet, sweet, bubbly seltzer that's not so sweet. Uh, we have the Ascendant in Cancer this month, ruled by the moon. The moon is in Pisces, where she's reasonably well-dignified and enjoys being. Uh, and she's coming up on a conjunction with the Midheaven and with uh, Neptune there. And she's in the Ninth House. So it's a great month for magic, it's a great month for publishing, for writing, it's a great month for uh, creativity, it's a great month for travel. And in Cancer, we also still have lovely Lady Venus, the Queen of the Year. Mm -hmm. So we have a very favorable prime between uh, her ladyship, the uh, the Queen of Night, the Moon, and the Queen of the Year, Venus. So that that strikes me as a very positive start to the year. Yeah. The challenge is that the Capricorn dog pile is happening on the in the seventh house, on the realm of your statistically significant others, mm. uh, your business partners, your spouse your most significant romantic partner and they're still in a position to make money this month but they have saturn pluto and jupiter uh all all trying to crowd down below the horizon as quickly as they possibly can and get out of sight so your partner is trying to to do this secret money-making project or this secret manifestation project on the one hand and on the other hand she's suffering from the dog pile and so this is likely to be a favorable month for you because all of the the nasty attention is on someone else it just happens to be the person who's likely the most important in your life so Mm. this is a month for you to take your energies of creativity and compassion and love and grace and make sure That somebody else feels loved And supported in difficult times
0: Alright Well that's a, good, um, that's a good Message to carry into that month I think Okay next month
1: It runs October 2nd To November 1st
0: October 2nd to November 1st And the card is ooh One of my favorites Temperance 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 not ex- not <laughs> so temperance uh, according to uh, Benjamin Franklin temperance is the root of all virtue and temperance is the ability to sort of like walk the line between extremes um, this card it comes right before some nasty stuff in the fool's journey and it can be about uh, kind of like learning to not overreact to stuff, learning to keep a level head when there's difficulty. Wait, are we covering November?
1: Yeah, this is October to November 2nd.
0: This could, you know, I was thinking, especially in the the United States, we're having the election, and uh, this could be related to um, uh, politics and electional feelings. You know, it can can get kind of heated and, um, argumentative, uh, in that month. And there can be a lot of, uh, in the outside world in particular, it can be bomb- bombarding you with a lot of, um, like crappy news and stuff that you have to like kind of sift through. And it can be hard to maintain the line between self and not self. And also the line between, uh, an even temperament and an intemperant temperance, Temperament, man. That's a lot of words. Okay, your, your turn. <laughs> oh boy!
1: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we have the ascendant in Taurus, so we're coming close to the end of the year with the ascendant still in charge and still uh, still ruled by Venus, like. We haven't had a Venus-ruled month in several months, and here she is again showing up as as queen of the month as well as queen of the year. When we look to find her, though, she's in Virgo, which is not a place that she particularly enjoys. And believe me, I know because I have Virgo, uh, I have Venus and Virgo in my own chart, and I know just what it is that she's capable of doing for me. Ouch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So she's She's ruling over the month, and I think that one of the things that we should be aware of here is that if she's ruling over the month before the election, that signals a, if we have a woman candidate for the Democrats, we have a very, very positive month here, potentially, for a female candidate, and and yet, This is not a very strong position for Venus herself to be in. She is in the fifth house, which she enjoys. That's a great place for her. She's having fun. She's cohering. She's connecting. She's creating. uh, But she's not herself in a very strong sign, and she is particularly in a position that lends itself to a a very strong, practical, earthy sort of approach to the world. Mm Mm-hmm. That stellium of planets that's been bothering us all year in Capricorn, right? The Capricorn now gang of the Capricorn gang. It sounds like a television show. The <laughs> Capricorn gang is Saturn, Pluto, the midheaven, and Jupiter, and they're in the ninth house, and they're square the Moon mm. and Mars. Uh. So we have this tension between the two malefics on the one hand, and Uh, And they're in the ninth house, which is publishing, writing, magic. Like, this this is not necessarily such a good month for magic because there's a lot of tension between the ninth and the twelfth. Our religion on the one hand and our spirituality on the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way that we act in the world when others can see versus what we're praying for in private. And uh, there's a disconnect.
0: All right, that sounds, that sounds tense. Um, let's hope that the next month has some good news. I'm nervous about this one. Oh. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah, I am. Hey, not bad. The two of coins.
1: The two of coins.
0: Yes. So uh the
1: lion eating the eagle is that what that image is?
0: It's a lion the green e- lion eating Yeah, he's kind of chomping on an eagle, but they're also the same They're also the same critter, right? So it's kind of a <laughs> it, Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's interesting. And it's, yeah. and they're wrapped around
1: the sun and moon.
0: Mhm, which are the, also the coins, the the gold coin and the silver coin. Yeah. So um the Two of Coins, it's, it's actually like, if you if you go back to the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it's sort of like this burst of weird alchemical symbolism um, in the midst of... Oh, wait, never mind, I'm thinking of the Two of Cups. <laughs> no, the Two of Coins is... Uh, uh, you're, you're thinking of the, the man
1: in the tall hat with the two coins inside of a green ribbon.
0: Right, right. That's it's an uh, infinity symbol, and he's juggling them. And the sea behind him is watery and shaky and moving. Um, the two of coins isn't necessarily a bad card, but it is a card of uh, so it's a it's an earth card, and it has to do with sort of expansion and growth. Um, so it's a card that can indicate a lot of like chaos and uncertainty. Which is unusual in the coins, um, which tend towards stability. so it's it's where the material world can be a little bit unstable, but there's also this like great potential for growth. And this could be you know, switching jobs, it could be a change in fortune or health or living situations, um or even just sort of like opportunities opening up. but there's uh but there's a thing in in the two of coins that is sort of like uh, it's sort of like uh, an earthquake um, out of which good things can come or bad things but you don't really know which yet yeah
1: it also suggests uh, balancing resources against expenses or balancing income against expenses or
0: yeah, figuring
1: does. out how to to risk only one portion of your your resources at a time
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: in terms of the last chart of the month, which runs from November first until January first, twenty twenty. So it includes the. Wait. Uh, so
0: this is all of December as well.
1: No, hang on. I've got that wrong. I'm missing a chart here somewhere. I've covered over it. So we have. I have to go back and generate that one on the spot.
0: Okay. Um. That's exciting. But
1: I. I had it. Is it's a little terrifying? It means there's one that I wrote about, but somehow accidentally deleted. Oh! But the month of November uh, has has Leo as the sign of the month, which means that we're going to be looking to the sun, which happens to be in Scorpio this month. Scorpio is ruled by Mars, and we find Mars in Aries but retrograde. Oh, And Mars has a trine To the ascendant And it has a trine to the south node And the south node Has a trine to the ascendant So we have a grand Fire trine but two of the Points are theoretical
0: mm. Got that? I do, yeah Is but, that, uh, how, how does that Feel?
1: Uh, that Feels that feels potentially quite bad for for me like uh mm-hmm. fire trines have a tendency to destroy expectations and they have a tendency to uh to to burn away to ash anything that isn't working and in this particular case you've got mars
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: in the sign of the sun and you have the sun in the sun in the, not in the sign but in you have mars in its own sign in a decan ruled by the sun and you have the sun in a mars ruled sign in uh hang on jupiter saturn moon mercury venus sun you have sun in its own in its own sign so you have a little bit of reception going on between Mars and the Sun, and they're in a favorable configuration with one another. And that doesn't strike me as good because the, the overall ruler of the situation here is the Sun, but the Sun is looking to Mars for what it wants to do. And it, what it wants to do is burn down some old stuff.
0: So now, it could be, could be a tricky month. It could be a very tricky
1: month. We also have, in Taurus, in the 10th house, we have Uranus conjunct the Midheaven, and we have the Moon. So we have, in the sort of career and public honors, a revolution or an overturning of what's normal and comfortable in a work environment, and we have the Moon definitely past full and on her way to the darkness ruling over this chart uh she's you know it is a night chart and that means that the moon and mars are going to be a lot more powerful in this chart than either saturn or jupiter and saturn jupiter and uh pluto the capricorn gang are in the sixth house ruling over both daily life and work and weakness and illness Mm. and i really have not liked this combination all year but this is a very favorable combination for very bad stuff. So I think that November is going to potentially be a very
0: difficult month.
1: What was the card again?
0: The two of coins.
1: The two of coins. So this is saying that we may in fact be in a situation where we're going to be putting a whole lot of things at hazard all at once and the the, the hazardous environment is real. It's going to oh. feel real in November.
0: This well, November sounds like it's going to be uh, a rough time for stuff. But you know, I guess, I guess that's eleven months away. So we have we have a little bit of time to prepare.
1: <laughs> we have a little bit of time to repair and we we also have a chance to maybe fix some stuff between now and then. Yeah. So now I have to pull up the chart for December.
0: Okay, and... I, will, uh, I will do the card Will you do that. And you're going to be interpreting oh, right. it on the spot. All right. Oh, our final card for the year. Uh, this is another really good one. This is the Hermit.
1: <laughs> be lonely. <laughs> be lonely
0: in December. Uh, the Hermit is... I mean, the Hermit's not only a card about loneliness the the hermit is a card about um, it's definitely a card about self t- self reflection and kind of um, learning more about yourself there's uh, there's an element of sort of like seeking wisdom I typically associate the hermit with the uh, virtue prudence um, which means we've got a lot of the virtues sort of represented here in this in this spread and the hermit can be about uh growth and wisdom which if we're following on the footsteps of what might have been a really crappy November then the hermit could really be about saying like oh well that went poorly let's be wise now um, and also the hermit <laughs> kind of you know maybe the hermit is sort of like Santa Claus a little bit maybe the hermit sort of represents uh, you know the the pearl of wisdom at the heart of um, of a of a dark and gloomy time of year uh, in this in this uh deck in the alchemical tarot you have sort of a um, an aerobos up there which is representative of kind of like the completion of the year and you also have uh, a raven which always makes me think of Odin and everybody knows Santa Claus is really Odin on, <laughs> on shrooms
1: <laughs> can I see the cards again i was yeah. i was busy with the software and i didn't see the card ah the hermit
0: the hermit
1: yeah i particularly like so this reminds me that we had an annular eclipse on the, on january not on january on december 25th 26th, over the middle east oh the annular eclipse is the one that looks like the ouroboros it's the dark circle of the moon in Front, and then the sun is behind, so you have literally a ring of fire. Oh,
0: uh, wow. And that
1: was the kind of eclipse that occurred over the Middle East, including Iran and parts of Russia on uh, on Christmas. That's so, but that was this year, and now we're talking about November.
0: Uh huh.
1: Yeah. And I have to. Or this is December. We're talking about December. For a yeah, we're looking at December 1st, 2020, at p.m. exactly. 6 p.m. 03 at 4272 northwest latitude longitude. Our ascendant is Cancer and the moon is going to be just over the horizon at that time at least here on the east coast in the sign of Gemini. Uh, oh, wow. Ooh, so yeah. December 1st the moon is going to be at 27 Gemini, which means that, like, the last few days of November, maybe even Thanksgiving Day, uh, the moon will be on the shoulders of Orion. Nice. It's a big thing for me, that, uh, that it's almost like Orion will be wearing the moon as a head or a hat. <laughs> and I always think of that as being a particularly important day in my own spiritual calendar. Uh, but it will be a few days before December 1st of, this, of 2020. So it'll be like November uh, November 29th or 28th, something like that. I'll get back to you on an official date. Okay. Uh, so... The moon is in Gemini, so we look to see what our friend Mercury is doing. And Mercury is in Sagittarius, which means that I think that we're going to be seeing a fair bit of fake news uh, news. around whatever happened in November. So be on the lookout for fake news. Okay. Venus, the queen of the year, is ending her year with party time in Scorpio.
0: Nice uh, Where's Mars hanging out now?
1: And Mars is in the 10th house Ooh. So <laughs> uh, in, And still in Aries He's spending a lot of time in Aries This, this year And we had all better get used, used To the idea that Mars is riding High in the sky uh, Career and public honors Trying to both um, the part of fortune in the sixth house and to the moon uh, and to the north node like more war more saber rattling maybe not any actual fighting but certainly a lot of potential ugliness and our Capricorn stellium, our Capricorn gang is now down to Saturn Jupiter and Pluto they're going to have a conjunction I think on the 21st I have to look that up and get that date right, but uh, that will happen uh, basically at zero Aquarius, and they'll be and Jupiter and Saturn will have a conjunction in 2020 in December at zero degrees Aquarius, their first in 20 years, and the first
0: one that they've Wait, had. is that 2020? 2021? Uh, I think it's 20. That will happen at the. No,
1: that'll. I think that's happening late this year. Let me check my ephemeris, and I'll get the answer. Okay. Back. Okay. It would help if I weren't looking at a year that was in two thousand five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the conjunction will happen this year on the twentieth twenty first in twenty twenty.
0: Alright, well everybody has to get ready for that one
1: Yeah, that's a big one
0: Buy your Bitcoin uh,
1: They're going to be having yeah, <laughs> Buy a Bitcoin uh, But as it has for the last couple of months, that conjunction is taking place in the seventh house uh, on on top of your statistically significant other's life mm. So they're wrestling with toxicity, they're wrestling with legal implications, they're wrestling with constraints and boundaries imposed unexpectedly or gripping them tightly, and part of your job winds up being figuring out how to help them deal with and manage all of that. Sixth house is where a lot, and fifth house is sort of where we see a lot of stuff going on. The queen of the year is in Scorpio, as I said. Um, We have Mercury, the sun, the part of fortune, and the south node all in Sagittarius, and they're in the sixth house, so big communications or graphic design or publishing projects at work, you stand to make a lot of money, but there's a lot of hyper-focus and attention put on you, and you're being... Overly micromanaged and people are beating a dead horse and your year is likely to end with that kind of challenge on your plate. But, uh, I watched some movie and, and, and a character who does some graphic design is on the fifth or sixth version of a project oh, and God. still hasn't gotten paid for it. And I thought, that that is this. That's the beating of the dead horse in daily life and work. It, you know, when you're when the drafts for your project are labeled version 5.0 final draft, version 5.01 really almost final draft, version 5.03 <laughs> oh uh, man, uh, last revision, version 5.05 really the last revision, think, version 6.0. Yeah. I think every <laughs> uh, every
0: freelancer has been there at least once. And this is definitely a
1: a freelance kind of month that uh, you have you have the project that keeps going on but doesn't ever quite close. (laughs) Uh, And which more more time spent alone at the holidays than anybody really wants to because you have the North Node in the twelfth house uh, coming up on a conjunction with the Moon or just past the conjunction.
0: Well, it's a uh, it's a year with its ups and downs, but um, but at least we can be forewarned.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can be forewarned, and I think that one of the you know, if we recall that we started this project out by uh, by looking at these charts with Arnamancy podcast listeners in mind. Mm-hmm. That part of the story here is that that your your life and your work go on that that there's stuff happening for the whole year that there's no there's no conjunction or no sign here of a really dramatic ugly ending there are some definite unpleasant places during the course of the year but even if like a kidney stone this too shall pass yeah things yeah. move on from here don't and, and keep keep doing things that bring you happiness
0: mm-hmm. Keep
1: celebrating Venus on uh, on Friday morning and recognize that she's trying to bring good stuff into your life regardless of everything else
0: that's happening. This is definitely the year for it and also uh, Mars has a lot of uh, has a lot of stuff going on this year so it might even be a good time to um fix your relationship with Mars and maybe even find some ways to use it to your advantage. And maybe there might even be some good um, uh, elections for, for Mars talismans or Mars things coming up too.
1: Yeah, and it's worth remembering that Mars in your own chart is uh, represents your personal drive and ambition. And there are a number of times this year when Mars is going to be in the first house, if you want to work on getting in shape or you have, you know, plans to get out there and exercise, uh, and there are a number of times when Mars is in the 10th house, which is a way for you to really focus on career goals and develop some ambition towards specific uh, career or public recognition. So go after the things that you want.
0: All right. Well, great. Great. Well, thank you, Andrew. This has been um, this has been a really fascinating exercise, and uh, there's a lot to think about, maybe too much to think about. I think the listeners are going to have an easier time with this since it's split into two episodes, and you and I just recorded back-to-back, and I'm kind of, I'm a little, like, you know, my brain is a little full right now. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, all right, what next?
1: Yeah, um, I'm feeling very much the same way. It's very much like, what did I just say? <laughs>
0: Well, I can bring us all back to remembering that the year is that that the card for the year is the Knight of Staffs, and so uh, at the very least, by the end of the year, you should have uh, a solid idea about what comes next. It might not be actually manifesting in the world yet, but something nebulous should have become something that you can draw some lines around so that you can move it into reality. So, hopefully, we can yeah and.
1: Austin Coppock, who's one of the astrologers that I look up to, and Chris Brennan on their podcast have said, focus on trajectories rather than than on specific schedules or specific destinations. Mm -hmm. And the Knight of Wands strikes me as a trajectory kind of power. You have passion. And you have intellectual ideas, and this is a year for carrying both of those things forward, to move them from where they are now to where you, in the direction that you would like them to be. Yes. There are going to be times during the course of the year when you can go really fast, and there are times when you're going to have to go much more ploddingly and carefully, uh, and sometimes where you're going to be stuck in the mud. But you have a horse, move it. Move, put <laughs> put spurs to flanks and and move forward and, and get your ideas and your passions where you want them to be or at least moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay, well, I think, uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you online uh, again? <laughs> the
1: easiest place to find me is at com. You can hire me to do an astrological consultation. You can hire me to shoot the breeze with you there are a variety of places online like Twitter that I hang out I'm Andrew B. Watt there I tend to use the tag A.B. Watt on a lot of sites uh, but my website and Twitter are probably the easiest places to find
0: there will be links to those in the show notes uh, alright well thanks for joining me again this is the time of the episode where we make small talk while I fade us out and play the, the outro music so um Tell me, like, what so do, you, why do you have... What, what's that?
1: I was going to ask, why did you decide that you really needed a Pythagorean-tuned liar?
0: <laughs> well, why wouldn't you need a Pythagorean-tuned liar? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy Podcast. You can find me online at arnomancy.com, where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just one dollar a month through Patreon at patreon.com/slasharnaments.